Today, I have on the podcast Jillian Apgar, and she is the creator, founder, brain behind Cocoa Beans, which is a 100% silk sheets for babies, for cribs. And this was born from the love of her daughter, whom she adopted, Cora. And today she's going to be talking about her business and how she crowdfunded and has kept going through the changes of being an entrepreneur and a female entrepreneur. And so I look forward to talking with her today and thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. This is Meredith with a Y and I am your host, Meredith Willett. Today we are going to go deep, changing lives, and I am giving you the keys to the castle. So thank you so much for being with me today and telling us all how you got to where you are today with Cocoa Beans. I'm so excited. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jillian, for being here. My pleasure. I'm so excited to chat all things business. Yeah. So you are at year, are we year one, year two with your company? I'm calling this sort of the ground floor. We are, we are at year zero mm-hmm. and it's taken this has been a two-year process so it feels like we're still in the infancy stage and every day I'm learning something new is what I'll say yeah so you are in I mean would you call that the textile baby I mean so just so everyone knows can you explain what cocoa beans is and how we got here yeah So my husband and I adopted our daughter, Cora, in 2018. She is biracial. And among all of the new parent anxieties that I'm sure you can imagine, one of my concerns was caring for her beautiful curly hair and her delicate brown skin. She was sleeping on cotton sheets at the time and waking up with with a lot of tangles and matted hair. And I was trying all sorts of products on her skin and she was just had very dry skin. At the same time, I started sleeping on a silk pillowcase and reading blogs about women wrapping their hair in silk to protect it at night. So I thought to myself, okay, let's make a connection there. I'll just buy her silk strip sheets and this will solve my problem. But I was pretty disappointed with what I found both with respect to product quality and branding. I didn't feel like there was a brand that represented who my family was. So Cocoa Beans is is really birthed out of two problems. One, I wanted to find a cute silk crib sheet. And two, I felt like there was really an absence and or a lack of representation in the premium baby space. Of the 74 million children in in the United States, over half of them are children of color. And yet when I was scrolling through Instagram and looking at all these baby brands, I was inundated with, call it nuclear white families. And I, I want to build something where my daughter sees herself and families that look like mine feel valued. And the first product, the silk crib sheet is born out of a need that I had to care for her hair. 
And what I've learned along the way is that the benefits of the product actually extend well beyond this personal problem that I had. Silk is naturally hypoallergenic. It's temperature regulating. It's all of these things that allow me to cast a broader net. So for people that aren't watching this on YouTube, your husband is what race? My, my husband's white. I am Latina and Puerto Rican, though I identify as white and benefit from all of those privileges. And Cora is biracial and I would call it light brown caramel skin. I may be biased, but I think she's beautiful. <laughs> she's literally like your Instagram for Cocoa Beans is next level. So please, everyone, like don't stop listening, but run over to the Instagram because her daughter is so cute. And all the imagery is so high end and so beautiful. And just it makes you feel happy going to your Instagram page. I will tell you. Like whenever I'm over there kind of like looking and I mean, I don't need a baby sheet, of course, at this point, but it is a very, very joyful place. And the branding is unbelievable. So thank you for that and sharing your family. So we have a problem. You're here to solve it. You see that there's an issue. Now, all of a sudden you're like, okay, you don't just have to have brown skin and curly hair to benefit from this. So even if you're listening to this and you don't have a brown baby, your children, white or otherwise, brown or otherwise, can benefit from your baby sheets, crib sheets. Well, and I, you know, I don't use this in my my sort of advertising for cocoa beans, but I cannot tell you how many customers will reach out to me and text me and say, oh my gosh, I swear my child slept better. And, and I really believe it's the quality of the product. And I think about myself when I, you know, I now travel with my silk pillowcase, like I'm that girl that packs that girl. <laughs> and brings it with me because it's just such an elevated experience and infants, especially they're spending 60% of their day sleeping. And so when I, you know, I, I often get asked about the price point. It, it is, on the expensive end. But they're 100% silk sheets. It's, it is 100% silk from a an amazing mill. And it is worth every penny when you think about how much time your child is spending. And what has to happen to get that sheet made? I mean, literally, from a, like, like, it has to be, it's not just cotton. It's not just polyester. This is actual like organic as it gets right I mean that would be considered organic if it's silk and you had to go find all of this stuff so as a woman entrepreneur we all see it you have a problem okay let's solve it okay now we know we've identified the problem we want to solve it and so you just basically picked up the phone and you called and got silk sheets delivered right to your door and you put them on the website (laughs) right but I mean This is a process. So please tell us your process because there's other women out there that have X, Y, Z problems, which by the way, I just have to tell you while you're talking about this, I'm like, she needs bouncy chair silk covers. She needs carrier silk covers. (laughs) 
<laughs> I literally was watching in my head going, oh, everything. Cause I mean, how much time do they spend in a carrier in the car and in bouncy seats? And she's rubbing the head against the back and making that all a, a disaster. I mean, I just have to share because I'm like, oh, there's so many possibilities. So anyways, so away all my products, my uh, <laughs> secret expansion, um, <laughs> secrets. Well, they're not so secret. So how, how did you do this? How do you come up with a silk sheet company? Because you're in Columbus. Columbus, Ohio. So you're yep. in the middle of Columbus and they don't have a lot of sheet manufacturers there in silk. So what do you have to do? And we're in the United States and we do not make silk in the U.S. So that's a great question. I am fortunate in that my background is in corporate retail. So I spent over a decade in merchandising at companies like Abercrombie, Victoria's Secret, CSW. So my background's in product development. So I actually called a friend out in LA and her job, her company is putting US customers, retailers in touch with mills and manufacturers overseas. And she specializes in sustainable high-end luxury fabric because I knew that that, that was going to be important to the product I was creating. She put me in touch with the mill who I'm using now. It's a family-owned silk mill in China. They've been producing silk for generations. They are on the cutting edge of all things sustainability-wise, and, and that was really important to me. So I connected with them. I ordered sample lots of a few of their, of their different fabrics. There was, at one point, I was considering doing, I was concerned that People might consider silk too delicate. So I went, I had um, a fabric that was a silk cotton blend. I had the 100% silk in different ways. Imported that to the U.S. And I actually found a sewing studio that teaches like sewing classes and passed them a Google like crib sheet pattern. And I said, here's this fabric. Can you make up a couple samples? Let's see if this works. Because one of the major concerns with silk is, oh, it's so delicate. It has to be dry cleaned. Like what happens? kids are messy, right? Like, will this stand up? So I knew that I needed to get some samples made in and see if this product worked in real life. Yeah. And Cora was the spit up queen. She was constantly doing laundry. And so I had these samples made, had Cora start sleeping on them, laundered them, landed on the silk fabric that we were now using went through all that. The fit wasn't great. And I knew from the very beginning, if I was going to be making a premium product, like every detail needed to be perfect. Yeah. So then I reached out to another woman that has been around the Columbus sort of retail circuit. She has a ton of experience and she was just starting her business. And, and she helped me build what's called a tech pack and perfect all of the details of the sheet. So we went through several rounds of sampling she would, I would tell her, oh, it's, it's a quarter inch too long or it's a quarter inch too big because I would take the samples from her studio to Cora's room and like try them on the mattress and make sure that it fit. We went through a couple of rounds of sampling. We had the hardest time finding an elastic quality that I was happy with because I also, in the interest of sustainability, I wanted this product to last. And I don't know, you know, when you have used a sheet for too long. Yeah. It loses its, yeah. Yeah it loses its recovery. So she helped me source a great elastic quality. We worked on the seams because one of the things that uh, makes silk a challenge to work with is it's very slippery. And so I knew I wanted, again, the product was designed to last. 
So we worked on several different options for this, this themes and wound up with a French theme, which is really secure and built to last. So from there, I did all that work. That was puts us around June or July of, of 2019. So how long is that in? I mean, like this doesn't happen overnight. This is a lot of trial and error. Yeah. This is a lot of going back to the, you know, the drawing board. The interesting thing is, is because it's your daughter, there really is no quitting. You know what I mean? Like, that's what's very interesting. Like you had this little human that you were literally creating this for. So it's like, okay, I'm going to stay with it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to, and, and so that was a really cool why, you know, your why of life, Mm -hmm. your why of your business is Cora. And, but this takes a long time. This is, this is resilience. You have to be resilient to stay in this and respect your avatar, your person you're selling it to your Cora, your woman who's going to be hitting purchase on your website like this is who I'm selling to. There's a woman right now who's going to be buying the sheet and she, I don't want to get a call from her or an internet request that her sheet keeps flying off. And mm-hmm. that, that, that's a challenge like customer service. I mean, I, I know I've been in the fashion industry. You don't want those phone calls. You don't want a quality problem. Like, so handling it in the upfront and spending the time that you spent is a game changer So when you go to business, when you go to market, actually selling this stuff, huge. Absolutely. And I just recently pulled up my very first emails. And I think, so I started this project when Cora moved to her crib, which would have been around March of of 2019, February or March around then. So between that starting point of realizing, okay, I'm going to try and create this to the final fit sample that was perfected in June or July, call it. it, it was definitely, you know, it didn't feel like a grind at, a t- at the time because I felt like I was creating something for Cora and I had the benefit of, I had decided that I wasn't going to go back to work at, at the time. And so I was fo- able to focus on this and, and taking care of Cora. And I bring that up because it's a nice segue into what happened next. So we're around August, September of 2019. And I went back to work at, at my corporate job at Victoria's Secret Pink. And I decided I cannot put the level of effort that I would want to into a bit, creating a business and do my job. It just not, wasn't going to work for me. I think that that's the perfectionist in me. I, I, I just was like, okay. But I had solved my own problem, right? And so Cora was sleeping on these sheets. The results were really great. You know, everything was moving and grooving. Well, fast forward to July of 2020 and my role was eliminated as part of a COVID related restructure. It was laid off. And I said to myself, this white space that I identified last year still exists in the market. The product has worn beautifully. It's lasted. I'm still really happy with the results. And oh, by the way, the corporate landscape for retail in Columbus, where I knew we wanted to stay, yeah, is very bleak. Oh, really? It, well, for the level that I that got like risen to, and the state of retail, so Columbus is is home to many big like legacy retailers, and so where retailers that are experiencing a lot of growth are digitally native brands, really innovative brands. Columbus is home to a lot of like old school retail. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And so that, that puts the market in sort of a, a tough position in, in the COVID environment when traditional retail is struggling. Yeah. And so I said to my husband, I think I want to give this a go and, and pick back up and, and see if we can turn this into something. And he was so supportive. I said, Joel, if you want to do that, like now's a great time to try. He said, what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> He's like, it doesn't work. And you go back and find another job. And I was like, right. it's like actually pretty true. It's not like you're quitting, right? It's not like you were like bailing right, like on this fired. great job. Like, right. Like, <laughs> it's like, like well, what else am I going to do me. all day? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love it. But I didn't really know how. Like I never started a business and I, I knew that I wanted cocoa beans to feel from the very beginning, like a luxury brand because the price point was so high. I wanted customers to feel like very confident in their purchase. So I hitting the phones, like I called and emailed and took meetings with any entrepreneur, any person really that would talk to me. And through those conversations and research, I landed on the best way for me to start this business would be through crowdfunding. Okay. Unanimously, that was sort of the common theme from many of the people that I talked to. And I knew nothing about crowdfunding at the time other than the occasional like Kickstarter that I'd heard about. So I did a ton of research on what that meant, the different crowdfunding platforms. And, you know, I wound up using a platform called Women to launch Cocoa Beans. Um, and we can talk about that in a second. But by the way, single hardest thing I've ever done was with crowdfunding. But I had done all this research and I was pretty committed to launching on Kickstarter to the point where I had had, I built the whole campaign. I was ready to hit submit for approval when, you know, this sort of stars align. And I guess the universe had a different plan. I stumbled upon I fund women and I was like, wait a minute, this is definitely the platform for me. The, the team, I met with some, two of their coaches who were doing a free webinar, really connected with them and felt like, okay, this is a great place for me to launch Cocoa Beans. And that's exactly what I did. So I redid all the work to set up the campaign and, and just hit go. That was in October. And when my husband and I decided that we were going to launch Cocoa Beans, originally I said, okay, I want to launch the pre-sale campaign or crowdfunding campaign on October 1st, we wound up launching on October 26th. Mm-hmm. So just, just a little bit past the deadline, but I find that sending those like sort of goals for myself, keeping motivated to, to sort of keep moving on with a decent pace. Well, and I think that's so important so that you feel that successful. Like I did my interview for the last podcast that was on with Ari. And we were talking about when you're an entrepreneur, if you don't kind of put that goalpost out there. And I read about that um, from Laura Bush's book, From Individual to Empire. And she talks about, you have to have a goal so that you know when you've met it because it becomes so gray. It's not, it's like being a mom. There's no raises. There's no promotions. There's no paycheck. There's no two extra weeks vacation. No one's sending you a watch for a 10 year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and when you're an entrepreneur, there's no, feedback. there's no feedback, right? And so when you're an entrepreneur or an artist or whatever, you really need to define success so that you don't just keep moving the goalposts, she says. And I love that because as women, it's like, 
I lost 10 pounds. I need to lose 15. I lost 15 pounds. I need to lose 30. You know, or I walked two miles. I need to walk three. Like we just moved the goalpost so fast. And so often we never have that moment of, you know, like my husband, he went from, you know, a vice president to a senior vice president or a man, like he gets to feel that, you know, he works for an industry. He gets to feel those feels or he gets a raise. We don't get that when you're an entrepreneur, you have to find that in yourself. And so I love that you're, you saw that as here's a goal. We might not have hit it, but we got damn close. (laughs) And feel that win. I think it's so important because I think it really lights that fire in you to keep going and feel successful when the day is when you're like, I don't hear the computer dinging. We didn't make a sale today, but I'm still a success. I'm reaching my goals. I think that's so important for us as women and entrepreneurs. Well, and I think that that's really important for a new business in their infancy because, you know, you have these lofty expectations. I don't think anyone enters into entrepreneurship without being a self-motivator, a self-starter, type A, all of with all of those qualities. And so it's important that you reframe your mindset and say, okay, you really do need to redefine what success looks like so that you don't fall into the trap of, of sort of like, okay, where do I go from here? Or this constant like negativity. And it's hard, easier said than done. It's very hard. And, and I think that that's why it's so important to really define what your goals are and where you're headed. And, you know, yeah, it's great when you become, you know, ding, 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 you know, it's just selling and selling and selling. But on the slow days, you need to have that inside of yourself of knowing your why of what you're doing here. The other thing as you're talking that I think that entrepreneurs and and especially, I mean, I hate to say especially women, but is you reaching out to so many connections. So many of us feel like we can do it on our own. It's like, I can change the toilet. I can drywall. I can pay the bills. I can make dinner. I can take the kids. We just think we can do all of it on our, I can Google it. I can plan my vacation, whatever it is. We become such a self-actualized, which is a positive thing, society, but we fail when it comes to, hey, reach out to your advisory board, to your contacts, to the people that you've created these relationships with. They, they've been through it. Stop trying to recreate the wheel on your own. It's huge. And, you know, if, if you were to ask me, okay, what are some of the things you've learned, you know, since being laid off and starting this? Single most important lesson is finding your people. Yep. Entrepreneurship and building a business can be inherently lonely. Yeah. And what I found is, is I spend so much of my time, like, I guess you could call it networking, but I call it like building my cheerleading squad. Yeah. Because these are the women and a, a few men along the way that I call when I get stuck because they've been there before me. I'm able to sort of learn from their mistakes. I have a really good friend who, you know, poured a ton of money into a PR agency with a typical retainer model. And because of her, she shared her experience with me, I then was some, felt so much smarter and better equipped to research and figure out who I wanted to hire for cocoa beans and what would work for producing the results I was looking for. 
And what I guess the most surprising thing, having left the corporate world and entering the world of, of entrepreneurship is just how incredibly generous fellow female founders have been with their time. Yeah, I can't tell you the number of hours that these women have spent answering my questions, connecting me to people they knew that they thought could help. I guess if you're listening to this, don't feel like you have to go at it alone. There's an incredible network. I think about Hey Mama, which is how we are connected. Yep, huge. An incredible resource. A friend of mine actually recommended that I join last year. I'm so thankful for that. There have been so many women that have been so helpful along the way, even for just, you know, a quick slack. Hey, I learned this this week. That's a great resource. Yeah. And I mean, like so many of us, we have our friends. And so we are used to, okay, these are friends and we go shopping or we go to lunch or we like hang out with our kids. And that's like our, our, our knowledge base a lot of times for what women are in our life or high school, you know, where everyone's competitive. Okay. And sometimes even friends can be competitive. Like, oh, my son is this and my, you're my daughter's prom queen or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. That we, that we lose or don't know that there are a ton of women out there who are pro women and pro sisterhood and pro team us. And let's all you know, lock elbows and walk towards this together. And Hey, let me help you, which is basically where you're at. Cause you just launched three new, beautiful, classic, classy, high end patterns. They're literally, they're the silk sheets of wood toys, you know, like wood toys for children are just like classic. And you just want to touch the pieces, even when you're an adult, that is what like the design pattern is in my mind. When I touch your sheets, it like, it takes you someplace else magical, but you put them on the, on the website, you know, you put them out for sale and it's just like, now what? Okay. Now what? (laughs) Where are they? Exactly. Right. (laughs) Silence. You know, they, there's that saying like, if you build it, they will come. Yeah. But I think that they left out the part where it's like, you really have to work hard to like invite the people and, and tell people you're here. Yeah. Tell, Hey, I'm here. Come look exactly. at this by me. Yeah. This is what's so great about it. Right. But going back to the, the whole finding your people, building your sort of network, you know, this was, I launched those views at the end of March and you know, I'm, I'm anxious to get things moving. And the first few weeks were, were great. And I'm sort of at a point where I'm like, okay, it hasn't been, the sales haven't been what I've expected. So I sort of, I called one of those trusted people that I've met through my network and said, this is what's happening. This is sort of the budget that I've, I have to work with because I'm obviously not generating, generating enough cash from sales. So We've determined a number that we feel comfortable investing to really understand if this can work because I want to give it a fair shot. And she was able to connect me with some resources. And so that's that's sort of the next step is, you know, in the world of digital advertising, which, oh my gosh, I had learned so much about Facebook ads and SEO and and more than you ever wanted to know email it's like- marketing and your funnel and this and that. And I'm like, okay, but but I think it's really important that I've sort of said, I tried to hack the whole world of paid social advertising. It is not the best use of my time. I have this budget that I'm comfortable with. This is a place 
where I have to find help. Yeah. I have to find paid help to help me get to the next level and to give the business a fair shot. It's what's in the best interest of the business because I could spend my time continuing to tinker and try the YouTube learning or whatever. Yeah, trying it's a to lot of time too. It's a, myself. And I say that all the time. I'm like, it's just one thing in my life. I don't want to learn. I'm done learning. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of things I'm open to learning, but it's like sometimes your time's used better in other places too. You know what I mean? Like they'll do it faster. Like it's going to take you a week to learn how to do that. They do it in one hour. So is that one hour of paying them just to implement that you don't need to learn all of that again. And that's, I mean, and that's the thing about being an entrepreneur tour too, going back is you think that you have to DIY everything and it can be very exhausting so that you recognizing I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to edit my podcast. I don't want to edit it. It's too much. I send it to Caroline. You don't, you need to learn when to say, no, I'm not learning. This. I'm not right, doing because this. It's so important, especially when you, when you're a team of essentially one, yep. the joy I find in my business is creating the product, connecting with the customers, trying to teach myself that with such terrible results was only impacting me in a negative way. Right. And I just read an amazing book by Reagan Walsh called Heart Boss, which if you're listening, highly, highly recommend. It's a fast read. And what well was the name of it? Time. Heart Heart Boss. Heart Boss. Heart Boss. B-O-S-S. Oh, B-O-S-S. Okay. Yeah. And she talks about reframing your priorities, shedding your shoulds and following, you know, your, what your heart like listening to your heart, listening to your soul, tell you, stop doing this. Keep doing that. Right. This isn't, this isn't bringing me joy. It's not, it's I'm losing what I love about what I'm building. Yeah. And so now what that comes out is, is will that put profitability further down the line? Yes, yes. absolutely. But it is more important to me. Like I'm in this for the long haul. Right. And for me to give this business a fair shot, I need to be at my best self. Yeah. And so this is a place where that's sort of how I'm justifying most of the decision-making and in, in Cocoa Beans, like, does it align with my brand core values? So in hiring this out, does the company that I hire understand what I'm trying to do? Do they understand the values and do I connect with them on a personal level? Yes. And that's first and foremost. And this is the PR team that you're currently. This is who I haven't hired yet, but but I'm leaning strongly to their uh, digital growth firm mm-hmm. that will sort of help me for the next four months learn if there there is product market fit because that that's sort of the thing about crowdfunding. You know, you hit your goal, right? But it's so much of your personal network. So I've tapped my personal network, and now it's time to see if there's legs beyond that, right? And I want to learn faster than slower. Yeah. And I have all these, you know, you, we touched on it earlier, all these ideas for more products. But before I can comfortably invest in product expansion, right? I want to understand if there's fit here. And if there's not, what are customers really looking for? Yeah. Like I'm committed to Cocoa Beans as a brand. And if, if this product isn't it, well, then what, what are my customers looking for? And how can I best serve them and their needs? 
Well, I just know when you create something that has such a passion behind it and such love for the betterment, you know what I mean? Like you're bettering the life, uh, like the life of your child and other people that are struggling with. I mean, it seems so silly, but it's so not. I mean, we as white women or as a Latina woman or as a, a woman of color, hair is such a huge energy piece of our makeup. It's how we present to the world, be it a mohawk or a bald head or braids or color or, you know, whatever it long, curly, doesn't matter. It is an extension of who we are. And to to wake up in the morning and see that your child has had a healthy sleep where their hair has been taken care of, that, that extension of self of Cora, the extension of self of your other customers has been taken care of in such a way. There's just such a beautiful energy to, to that creation. I mean, I just see so much love. And I mean, I, I see this definitely being just such a great product. And I know that the more people that get to find out about this, that they're going to buy in and understand that what you've created isn't this delicate silk blouse in their closet that you wear once every two months and you can't wash it and yada. Like this is a durable item that you've created by way of putting your daughter on it every single night. And this is, it works. And, you know, I mean, it's just, I think it's so cool. That's exactly right. And I think the thing that, that keeps me going and, and really excites me about the product is when I was coming up with like a tagline for Cocoa Beans, I kept coming back to discovering the magic because I felt like there is a magic behind silk. And, and in offering this product for families, it does it give back some of that time that they would have spent otherwise detangling. Yeah or worrying about their kids' hair or skin and give them back that time to discover that magic and, and to really be together and enjoy those little moments because having a child, the moments are so fleeting. Yeah. Like time feels like it's moving so slow, but then goes by so fast and it's already their first birthday or their second birthday. Yeah, people don't too... They don't put enough, I don't think, value into their bed, their bedding, their mattress, their pillows. Like you spend half your life there. And like you said, babies spend 60% plus of their life there. So when you buy a sheet set, divide it because you can still use that as a toddler mattress, you know, in a toddler sheet. So this is not like one and done. This is being an extension over years of, I mean, kids stay in toddler beds till sometimes they're three and four years old. So I mean, like it's an investment when you do that per hour, it's pennies, literal pennies. And what I hope happens with Cocoa Beans is that because I've invested so much time in the quality and designing for durability is that that then gets passed down, whether it be to the sibling or to the mom next door who's having a baby. You know, I've really built these these sheets to last. And I think about the perfect example of how how durable they are is all of the imagery that I shot for our crowdfunding campaign, which was shot at the beginning of September 2020. Those samples were from... June of 2019. So you're talking like a year plus of wash, wear, sit up, all the things. Wow. And still look beautiful enough. Like there wasn't 
any real photoshopping or, or retouching involved. Yeah. And so I really do stand by the, the quality piece and all that to say, like, I, I believe in, in the product and that's at the end of the day, what keeps, what keeps me going. And I've seen results. And so I hope that, that other families do that. Yeah. I love that you share it because it's, it's not easy and women need to understand, like you can take in your house right now, in your car, wherever you're listening to this and go, I mean, Spanx, you know, Lululemon. I mean, all of these are created because, you know, a woman wanted their stomach to be pulled in or, you know, their, their, their leggings were falling down that they had been wearing for decades or, you know, bras that, you know, now we have sports bras with, you know, changeable straps because Mm -hmm. we don't all have the same shoulders. All of these products are made by women because they saw something and they stuck with it and people told them no, or they got, you know, it was difficult or, you know, they didn't hit their number, but they stayed in it. And we as women can, and, and to also hear your story of reaching out to other women and they did not say no. They were excited to help you and finding your cheerleaders, finding your team, finding your posse, you know, and having that husband to support you and, you know, getting fired at the right time. I mean, just saying, right. <laughs> you know, but when you when you hear on Shark Tank, you know, when people go on Shark Tank, the first thing they usually ask the person is, do you still have your full time job? And usually when the person says yes, they're out because they know how much energy does go into not just having a product, but a business. And what you're, you have is a business that you're growing and it takes time. It takes time and energy, but it's possible. You know, it's possible. I mean, I, I mean, I'm watching it grow just in my head. Like I'm like, okay, and that'll work and that'll work. And I need to really get silk sheets. And (laughs) that's right. Yeah. It's it's, so cool. And it's, you know, going back to what we said earlier, finding those people to keep you motivated and to help you navigate through those challenging times. I just read the the Guy Raz How I Built This book and he talks about navig I forget the exact terminology that he uses, but navigating through like the trenches. Yeah. Um and every entrepreneur goes through at these times that are so trying. And for me it's okay, sales aren't where I need them to be or where I want them to be for this business to really grow. So but I'm not just gonna off and call it a day. I'm going to reach out to all these resources that exist. And it's just knowing you don't have to have all the answers yourself. There are all of these people that have done it before that have been successful, that want to see you succeed. And I think that there's the female founder community is so incredibly supportive of one another. Yeah. We're definitely changing the energy of female partnership and soul tribe. And one thing I tell my clients, cause I do coaching for women primarily, but for women entrepreneurs and that is when you see like this pause in sales, right? Let's say you were just kind of plugging away and it was kind of going okay. You probably would have never reached out to this PR firm. You would have just kind of been like, okay. But the fact that you had this like kind of pause that you didn't love, it created the energy to reach out and make changes. So I always tell people there's a time to read, a time to sleep, a time to work, a time for everything. And that these things are all steering wheels. They're steering you in the direction that's going to create exactly where you need to go next. And it might feel like a negative, but all it is, is like this amazing energy to propel you into that next field, that next shift that you needed, that you didn't know you needed it, 
until it was created that you needed it. So it's all working for your greatest good. I mean, it's it's going to be amazing. It's going to be so, so amazing. I'm so excited about it. Well, and I think when I hear you say that, I think of approaching each situation and, and reframing yep. your perspective. Yep. And that takes real work, right? That's why people need coaches like you. <laughs> Because it's not, it doesn't come naturally. Yeah. I think the natural reaction is, oh, this is, this is the situation. Like I can't control what, what sort of happens next. But I think it's reframing your perspective. You know, Michelle Cordero Grant talks about everything being in entrepreneurship, being like a puzzle Mm -hmm. and, and she's just a doer of puzzles. And that's so true. Like everything, you know, no day is the same and you're just kind of trying to like figure it out figure it out. And, and it's the tree for the forest. You know, you're, you're so inundated in it, but I always tell, and I have an entire podcast on reframing your life and, you know, looking at the, what everyone in the world might see as a negative and going, okay, but how is it a positive? How is this steering my steering wheel? How is this steering my life into a better direction that maybe I wouldn't have thought of if it wouldn't have been or whatever. And so constantly going, okay, this is actually a positive. So I love I love that. And, it, and, and it's it, for women, because I, I usually talk to women entrepreneurs, because like you said, it is lonely, because like you said, you do have to, you're in your head all day. You're in your head as being, you know, if you're selling 300 sheet sets a day, you're on fire. But then the day you sell one set, it's like, what am I doing wrong? And so you have to stay out of your head and you know, talk positively to yourself and, and, and remind yourself why you're doing this. And I think you're doing a hell of a job for it. I mean, it's just so exciting to watch. And is that a new pattern behind you? That is. <laughs> you, you've had a sneak peek at what's in development. So I don't think, I think you could probably see the black and white. Yeah. If you guys want to go look on YouTube, she's got some really cool patterns behind her that I just kind of blowing with the breeze I can see or something. And I'm like, Oh, that looks like a new pattern back there. It is a little black and white graphic. You probably can't see it very well, but there's a little dinosaur print I'm working on. I can see that. Yep. And the polka dots up there. And um, a safari print. I love it. It's so beautiful. Well, I just love you. And I just the cocoa beans and Cora and your family and how this was born and, you know, your story. And I'm just so excited to watch you keep growing this because you're going to because you're doing it exactly. You're listening to your soul. You're listening to your higher self. You're pushing you know, some probably on the days that you don't always want to. And so that's, that's how success happens. So everybody go over it's cocobeans.com. Yes. It's cocobeansco.com. And you can find us on, on Instagram and Facebook at cocobeans.co. Cocobeans.co and cocobeansco.com. For, right. And that, that'll all be in the show notes. So if you guys are trying to look for it, and you're doing something wrong, go to the show notes. Everything will be in there. But I appreciate you being here, Jillian. It's been amazing. You're such a you know inspiration to so many women. I hope that everyone listening to this can hear the passion. I know they can because I'm in it. And, and are hearing your story of that they can do this too if they want to. You know, they can redefine themselves. I know a lot of women, you know, they want to switch careers, but it's scary, you know, and, and you were kind of forced to in a way, but mm-hmm. even if you're not forced to, you can still, you, you're, we're all still out there to help you and help hold hands to the women in our tribe. And that's right. We're here to be your cheerleaders for sure. Yeah. Thank so you, good. Meredith. This has been so lovely chatting. 
Yes. Thank you so much. I love this. Thank you. Love it. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect on a more personal level, head over to MeredithWillits.com or on Instagram at Meredith with a Y for behind the scene footage and outtakes. Please subscribe and come back each week for more Meredith with a Y. Thanks again for listening. Cheers.